All right, all right, all right. Welcome, everybody, to the second episode of the Ben Wasserman Show. I hope you all are having a great Tuesday morning. I know it's 8.25 in the morning. Not everybody might be up yet, but I'm a rise and shine type of guy. I like waking up early, getting things done. Woke up at 7 today, filmed a whole bunch of TikTok videos, and I'm very excited for the day to come. So this is a loaded episode. It's going to be a great show. We're going to talk about the Giants. Jets. You know when I talk about the Jets, it's going to be entertaining. The Giants set to face the Minnesota Vikings in the playoffs. Their fans are happy. The Jets, well, we'll get into that, but let's just say their fans are not happy. We'll go over the NFL playoff picture. I'm going to go over it more in depth later in the week, but for now, I'm just going to go over it and give you know, say the game's little broad overview. What I think now might not be the same of what I think later. So I'll keep it short and sweet for the NFL playoff picture today. We'll go over what happened on Sunday. The Packers lost to the Lions in what was a must-win game to get into the playoffs. The Texans lost the number one pick. That was hilarious. We got some hockey at the end of the show, and we got some Carlos Correa. I guess you could call it news. I'm not really sure if it was news or if it was just uh, a little update status, which I guess is news, but wasn't anything substantial. So without further ado, let's get into the TCU versus Georgia National Championship game. And this, I'm like, honestly sad about this game. I'm honestly sad about this game. I love college football. I always look forward to the college football playoffs. And I always look forward to the National Championship game. You got two of the best in the business, Chris Fowler, Kirk Herbstreit on the call. And I thought this game was going to be very, very close. I'm going to be honest. I gave out a play, TCU plus 13 and a half. I really liked how they played against Michigan. And I thought if they could do what they did against Michigan, which was stop the run and force turnovers, then they could have a chance in this game. I didn't think TCU would win this game. I said Georgia would win 38 to 28. And boy, oh boy, was I just absolutely wrong. I mean, I don't think anybody predicted it to be as bad as it was yesterday. 65 to 7. But my goodness, was that just ugly, pathetic, and honestly, just, just not fair. That was not fair for TCU and their fans. Let me just make sure that that final score was correct. Yeah, 65 to 7. But I want to say this because I see a lot of people saying TCU didn't deserve to be in that game. This is what happens when you put a Big 12 team in the playoffs. You know, TCU was never good. All of that is incorrect. TCU was very good. TCU deserved to be in the playoffs. And no matter what conference you're in, if it's a Power 5 conference and you go undefeated during the regular season and you lose your conference championship game in overtime, you deserve to be in the playoffs. I don't care if it's the Pac-12, the Big 12. Obviously, you're going to be in if it's, a, if it's the Big 10 and the SEC or the ACC. It doesn't matter what conference you're in. What TCU did during the season, I'm not talking about the national championship game, but what they did during the season was incredible. They deserved to be in the national championship game. They handled Michigan. They never were down in that game against Michigan. And unfortunately, you know, it was just an absolute blowout, an absolute domination. And Georgia, you know, the motto from Kirby Smart is to leave what is it like leave no regrets or something like that and it's to be aggressive what georgia did yesterday was insane but it does not discredit tcu season and it does not discredit how good that tcu team was yes they got absolutely destroyed but that is more credit to georgia 
and it's not the other way around. And you look at that Georgia football program under Kirby Smart, it is absolutely special. I mean, let's just start off with Stetson Bennett, a walk-on that then left the school, came back, had to fight off JT Daniels. JT Daniels went down with injury, and then after that, it was Stetson Bennett's job, but still nobody believed in Stetson Bennett. Even this year, Stetson Bennett was getting chirped. I mean, do we forget last year, Georgia won the national championship. Yes, their defense was historic, but in the second half, who came back and ended up having the, to get the lead in the national championship? I understand that defense was great, and I understand they, they made turnovers. Kaylee Rengo got that pick six, but Stetson Bennett led a game-winning drive in last year's national championship game and then still had people say this year that he wasn't good. People said this year, I don't know about Georgia. You know, you know Stetson Bennett, you know, that might be the weak point on that team. Are you kidding me? There, you cannot say anything bad about Stetson Bennett now. A two-time national champion and when the moment was the biggest – Last year's national championship game, creating a game-winning drive to end up getting the lead. This year, against Ohio State, in the fourth quarter, 10 for 12, a few touchdowns. And then in the national championship game, running for a few, passing for a few. Stetson Bennett is an awesome dude. I love his personality. You see him on Good Morning America. He might have been on this morning. He's an awesome dude. He's a real dude. You see his emotions. He's crying. He's at a loss for words. He's real. He's humble. And he's a legend. He might be one of the greatest Georgia football players. Not after his Georgia time. I don't know what that's going to look like. But during his Georgia time, he might be one of the greatest Georgia football players. Absolute legend. Congrats to Stetson Bennett. And the rest of that Georgia football team and the rest of their fans. 60 Five to seven. 65 to seven. I, I'm not going to say I stopped watching, but I will say there was a few moments in the second half where I was caught just like looking at my phone and I just look up and it's like, oh, there's another touchdown. And then I look at the players that are in the game, second string guys, third string guys. You have, I mean, have we ever seen in any championship game, college football, obviously not the Super Bowl, but like college football, maybe Little League World Series. I don't know. Have we ever seen in any championship game where there's two low calls? I mean, Stetson Bennett left the game on a round of applause with 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. A few minutes later, Jalen Carter leaves the game. All these other Georgia studs. I mean, Kirby Smart just took them all. Have we ever seen that in a national championship game? The answer is probably no, because that was the biggest defeat in college football playoff history and Georgia makes history by being the first team in a long time to win back-to-back -back national championship. The last time that's been done is 2011 and 2012 by Nick Saban and Alabama with AJ McCarron. Insane. Dominance. I think that's the best word you could use. Absolute dominance. That TCU offense just was overpowered, overmatched. 
Max Duggan had no time to throw, and he really had nobody to throw to. That one touchdown was a missed coverage. He got a long, Max Duggan threw a long pass to, I forget the receiver's name, but it put them right about, you know, around the 10-yard line, and then Max Duggan ended up running it in for a touchdown. And I'm looking, I'm thinking back on that moment. That moment when TCU scored, it was a 17-7 to game. 17 to 7, only a 10 point deficit. After that, TCU didn't score one point. And then you look at how what Georgia did on the offensive side. Yeah, they scored 65 points, but they didn't like run up the score. They simply just ran the ball and just did whatever the hell they wanted. TCU could not tackle them, they could not defend them, they could not do anything. It sucks for TCU. It sucks for the fans. But again, they have to be very proud of what their season was. They won five games last year, got a new head coach, and made the college football national championship this year. I'm a Penn State fan. If Penn State made the national championship and they got destroyed like that, I would honestly be a little happy because they made it. TCU doesn't make the national championship every year. Georgia does. That's the difference. Georgia had 68 Four and five star players. Most of them probably don't even start. TC only has 17. That's the difference. Kirby Smart leads the best program in college football, and Kirby Smart is the best coach in college football. Sonny Dykes and that TC program might be back. I don't know if they will. They might be back. They're getting a lot of good recruits. They might be back. But this Georgia team, if you say next year that they're not going to make the playoffs, or that they're not going to win the championship. I know going back-to-back is hard, and going back-to-back-to-back is even harder. But how can you possibly say that Georgia is not going to make the playoffs and not going to win again? I don't think anybody is not saying that, but I'm just saying they're only getting better. It's remarkable. And the outlook on Georgia, they're only getting better. I would not be surprised if they get a three-peat. Their backup quarterback looked really good yesterday. They had that freshman running back that looked really good yesterday. And they have that freshman defensive tackle, that five-star. His nickname is like Bear or something. He's really good. Absolute dominance. It sucked as a fan because I love close games. I love national championships. But Georgia is simply that good. Congrats again to everybody on Georgia. And congrats to everybody on TCU. Unfortunately, it was a rough ending, but you still got there and you still have a lot to be proud of. Okay, let's get to the fun stuff. Let's get to the fun stuff. How about we? This is probably going to be fun for you guys, but it won't be fun for me. The Jets season is officially over, which, which is probably good news now for my mental health and happiness. They lose to the Miami Dolphins 11-6. to Before I talk about this actual game... Let's just say this. I want to give you guys a few stats. One in seven after the bye week. A few of those games, they didn't even get off the bus. Zero touchdowns in the last three games of the season. Every time I say that stat, I want to like jump out of a window. How can a professional NFL team not score a touchdown in the final three full games of the season. Now, there's a lot to blame there. I think you can blame the head coach, Robert Sala. I think you can blame the offensive coordinator, Mike LaFleur. I think you can blame the offensive line. You can blame the quarterbacks. And you could probably blame the running backs and wide receivers as well. Zero touchdowns in the last three games of the season. 
the Houston Texans score touchdowns, the Chicago Bears score touchdowns, and the New York Jets, a team that was 7-4, and four, a team that was 5-2. and two. I know, very early in the season, but that same team, not the same team, obviously, that team didn't score a single touchdown in the last three games of the season. And then after the bye week, after the bye week, they before the bye week, they played the Patriots, they lost. They had a bye week, they played them again. We were all looking at that post-bye week stretch against the Patriots, against the Lions, against the Seahawks, against the Dolphins, and... Us as Jets fans were a little psychotic, obviously. Us as Jets fans thought this team has a real chance to make the playoffs. This team doesn't need to go undefeated after the break. They don't need to do what the Steelers just did. They didn't make the playoffs because of the Jets, but they basically won all their games in December and January. The Jets didn't have to do that. They had to win a few of those games. They went 1-7 and seven after the bye week. The Seahawks game, they didn't get off the bus. The Jaguars game, they didn't get off the bus. The Patriots game, they had no offense. There's a lot of finger pointing to go to. But yesterday's game was basically the definition of why the New York Jets did not make the playoffs. Zero offense, bad head coaching decisions, and a defense that was amazing but just couldn't do everything. Yes, the defense was a little overrated. I'm not going to lie. I w- wish the defense could have made a big stop when the Lions were driving down the field with a few minutes left in the fourth quarter. If they made a big fourth down stop or if they just made a stop at all, the Jets would have won that game. Yes, I wish the Jets' defense was a little bit better against the Seahawks, but it all comes down to this. When you have bad coaching, coaching that fails to develop a very talented quarterback, Zach Wilson. He's very talented. There's no arguing that. You don't get drafted second overall if you're not very talented. But he's also, he needs help, right? There's no doubt about that. And coaching staff failed to develop him. Daniel Jones and Brian Dayball, amazing. Justin Fields has gotten better this year. Zach Wilson has not. And when you have an offensive line that crumbles and you have zero running game, and you don't have the best play calling, you're not going to have any success. But that game against the Dolphins, being 6-6 to for forever, and just not doing anything with Joe Flacco only completing less than 15 passes, I mean, it's, it's disgusting as a Jets fan. Jets fans do not deserve this. I said this in my TikTok video. I heard Brandon Tierney say this. Jets fans are one of the toughest fans in the NFL. We haven't seen our team in the playoffs since 2010. I have never seen my team win a Super Bowl. The last time the Jets won a Super Bowl was in 1969. We are tough, we are resilient, and we do not deserve what we see season after season after season. But this season hurts, in my opinion, it hurts the most. Because I truly thought the Jets were going to be in the playoffs. And I truly thought this was a really good season. No. No. This was another failed season. I've said this before and I'll say it again. I don't care that they ended with seven wins when the over-under was five and a half. 
I don't care that they are going to have the offensive rookie of the year in Garrett Wilson and the defensive rookie of the year in Sauce Gardner. I don't care. I want to see my team in the playoffs. I want to see my team not be the laughingstock of the NFL. And I want to see my team finish the season great instead of starting the season great. It's about how you finish, not about how you start. This Jets team, this Jets defense was too good this year. And their offense failed them. The coaching failed them. And I'm not going to say the defense didn't fail them because they definitely did fail them. There's a lot of fingers to be pointed around. What do you do from here? What do you do from here? I don't think the Jets should fire Robert Sala. But I will say this. If Woody Johnson can get on the phone with Sean Payton or he can get on the phone with Jim Harbaugh, I think that is a serious consideration. Sean Payton has won a Super Bowl. He has showed and... Nobody can argue this. He has showed he knows how to coach the NFL. He knows how to build a team. He knows how to be a leader of men. And most importantly, he knows how to win in the NFL. Jim Harbaugh, less experience, but he has been to the Super Bowl and has also showed he knows how to win and be a leader of men. Robert Sala, has he showed anything? Has he showed anything? I'm not calling for his head. I like the guy. I actually really do like the guy. But... You just cannot have your team be 1-7 and seven after the bye week. Your team go through three different quarterbacks. I know injuries play a part, but it, it's also because of failed development. Your, your team just come out flat. It sucks. It absolutely sucks. So to finish off the recap on the Jets' loss to the Dolphins, as I said before, Final score being 11-6. to six. Um, Miami kicked a game-winning field goal with about 20 seconds left. And then the Jets took a safety. It doesn't even matter about that. Unless you had some live bets on the over-under. Unless you had Jets plus three in the hook. But just, just go over these stats. Joe Flacco, 18 for 33. No touchdowns, no picks, no sacks, but... He was under pressure the whole day and just could not do much. This, I think not a lot of people are talking about this, but this is a main reason why the offense is so bad. Ever since Elijah Vera Tucker and Brees Hall went down, they have not been able to win games, but they haven't been able to run the ball. And if you can't run the ball, you're a one-dimensional offense that's going to be picked apart very, very easily. Zonovan Knight, Ty Johnson, and Michael Carter. Zonovan Knight, 12 rushes, 22 yards. Ty Johnson, 5 rushes, 12 yards. And Michael Carter, three rushes for four yards. Come on now. Come on. I under, I, I'm not really mad about this because I understand the offensive line was in shambles. But this has those stats have basically been consistent the last month. They ha, There has been no running game. And of course, the best player on offense for the Jets is Garrett Wilson. I, I am very happy about Garrett Wilson and Sauce Gardner. I know I said before I don't care that they are going to win awards. It's great, but I care more about the winning. Garrett Wilson, nine receptions, 89 yards. So the season is over. I guess you could say thankfully. I guess you could say you could be pissed. You know, I'm a little happy it's over because the last few months have just been not fun. And now you could look ahead to the NFL draft. The Jets are locked in. To the 13th overall pick, I have no idea who they are going to be looking at. I will read some articles and talk about it at a later time. 
But my gut feeling says you got to draft an offensive lineman. I mean, what do you need on defense? I don't think you need very much. And what do you need on offense besides a quarterback? Offensive lineman. Brees Hall will be coming back. Elijah Vera Tucker will be coming back. Mekhi Becton, I know he might not stay if he comes back for a long time based on his injury history, but he should be coming back. But still, you got to get offensive linemen. The team's in a good spot, but it's hard to be happy about what they did. And I'm I'm pissed off about how that season ended. You guys know who I want at quarterback for the Jets. Derek Carr. I, there's three main options. And these options, I don't know if they're just what the fans think are the three main options or if it's truly what the franchise thinks. The three main options in my mind, Jimmy Garoppolo, Derek Carr, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is obviously the most athletic. He won an MVP. He's the biggest name out of those three, but I'm personally not a huge fan of him. His injury history over the past two years is concerning. And I think with that offensive line, he won't have as much success running the ball. And I don't think he's as good of a passer that Derek Carr is. Derek Carr and Jimmy G. Jimmy G has injury concerns as well. He's 32 years old, same age as Derek Carr. But overall, I think Derek Carr is the best leader out of those three. Look, I can be I can be completely wrong. I, I'm not there with the team, but just, just what I see in interviews, just what I see in like team huddles and just kind of what I read online, Derek Carr seems to be the best leader out of those three quarterbacks. And I think he's the best passer and can be the best with the Jets out of those three quarterbacks. Lamar Jackson using his legs, don't think is going to have a ton of success with the Jets offensive line. And Jimmy Garoppolo, I feel like he needs to be around a really good team, which the Jets are, but they're not the 49ers. I like Derek Carr the best. I think it's the most reasonable. He's going to get cut by the Raiders. You don't have to trade for him. You don't have to pay him as much money as Lamar. I think Derek Carr would be really good. And, it, you know, the reports say Zach Wilson is going to be the backup. He said yesterday, I'm going to give whatever quarterback comes in, I'm going to give him hell, you know, make his life miserable, you know, kind of jokingly, but saying he's going to compete really hard and not make it easy. Cool. I like him saying that. But at the end of the day, you, you know, we all know Zach Wilson will not be the starting quarterback next year. I hope he brings that energy, you know, fight for the job, get better over the summer, get better in training camp. But if the Jets can get, can get Derek Carr, I would be very happy. Head coaching move, I said that before. I would keep Salah unless you can get Peyton or Harbaugh. Harbaugh, I'm a little on the fence about, but he's shown it more than Salah. And then offensive coordinator, look, I don't like calling for people's heads. I don't like saying this guy, this guy should get fired, blah, 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 because it's, you know, the, these coaches have a personal life. Getting fired is not an easy thing to deal with. You got family involved, you, you know, it's not easy. So we'll see if there's an offensive coordinator change. I will say this, though. You know, LaFleur has not done a very good job. We'll see what happens. Woody Johnson came out yesterday and said it will be Robert Sala's decision whether or not to keep LaFleur. So, again, we shall see what happens. I think a move, you know, could be beneficial for the team. But, again, I don't really like saying this guy, this guy should be at the building because of, you know, it's personal. It, it really is personal. Anyway, that'll end with the Jets. I'll talk about the Jets at a future time. But for now, I guess my final thoughts are that sucked. And it's the same old Jets that have problems every 
single year. One and seven after the bye week, no touchdowns in your final three games. You could point fingers at every unit on the field, including the coaching staff and including the special teams. They got a lot of work to do in the offseason. But I think if they make the right moves, if Joe Douglas makes the right moves, which I tr- I trust him, then this team could be good. But I've been saying that every single year of my life. Just not fun. Just not fun at all. Meanwhile, over on the other side of New Jersey, the team that practices right next to MetLife, the Jets practice in Florham Park. They play in MetLife. The Giants play in MetLife, practice right next to MetLife. The New York Giants are set to face the Minnesota Vikings. The Giants lost away at Philadelphia to the Eagles. Final score, 22-16. No harm, no foul there. They didn't play any starters, which is the right move. Unlike, this is a quick side note, unlike Brandon Staley, who doesn't play his starters in the preseason, but plays them in a meaningless game in Week 18. And then, oh, what happens? One of your best wide receivers, your biggest wide receiver, Mike Williams, gets caught off the field. Wow. Not a good move by Brandon Staley. Now you got to go to Jacksonville, and you might be without Mike Williams. Just not good by Brandon Staley. But Brian Dayball made a smarter decision. He did not start Daniel Jones. He did not start Saquon Barkley. And Kenny Galladay was the main playmaker yesterday. He only needed 76 catches to get a bonus. So the Giants lose 22-16. The Eagles lock up the one seed, the NFC. The Eagles lock up the NFC East. And the Giants lock up the sixth seed, which was already locked up before this game. They are set to face the Minnesota Vikings. And I think if you're a Giants fan, you should be very happy about this matchup. You played, you didn't play your best game a few weeks ago. You lost by a game-winning field goal. You turned the ball over. I think the Giants are a better team now. And if they eliminate those turnovers, and if they can learn from what they did wrong a few weeks ago, they can win. The Vikings are the most overrated team in the playoffs. I'm not doubting that they are a good team because, you you know, you don't get 11 wins by being a bad team. But 11-0 in one-score games is unsustainable, especially in the playoffs. And their defense of stats and metrics are not very good. And overall, I think the Giants can get a lot of pressure on Kirk Cousins. And Daniel Jones has been looking really good. I like the Giants in this matchup. They are set to face the Minnesota Vikings away on Sunday. I'm excited for that matchup. I like the Giants. And as a Jets fan, I'm jealous of Giants fans. And I will be rooting for the Giants in the playoffs. Not because I like the Giants, but it's something as a boyfriend I have to do to make my girlfriend and her family happy. I don't hate the Giants. Jets and Giants play next year. I'll hate them during that game, but I don't hate the Giants right now. I'm jealous of their success, and I'm happy for their fans because they deserve it. Not as much as Jets fans deserve it, but Giants fans deserve it as well because you got to remember, Jets and Giants before this season were the worst franchises in the NFL for like the past five years. They both barely won 10 games in like a five-year span. So congrats, Giants fans. I think it's a very winnable game against Minnesota. Okay, let's get into the rest of of news in NFL Week 18, and I think we have to start off with this. Aaron Rodgers had a win-in-your-in game against a team that he historically dominates and at home, and he lost, and the Packers lost. I think all you could say is 
That's really, really bad. The Lions beat the Packers 20-16. to Let's start off with the Lions' point of view. Awesome season. Awesome season. They were on hard knocks. Jamal Williams was crying. He was very emotional. He's saying, I love being a Lion. We got to win this season. I'm sick and tired of losing. You got Motor City Dan Campbell saying, we're going to be better. We're not the same old Lions. We're going to bite off kneecaps. And what do they do? They show it. They show it. And they're better than the Jets. And they're better than the Jets. Who would have thought we're saying that? But the Detroit Lions get eliminated 20 minutes before Sunday Night Football, but they still go out and play their hearts out. And they still go out and play to win the game, to make a statement, to not let your NFC, what division is this? NFC North division rival get in the playoffs. Jared Goff had a great season. Jamal Williams had a great season. And we got to give a lot of credit to the coaching staff, to the defense. They did not make Aaron Rodgers look good. Aaron Rodgers only threw one passing touchdown, and he only threw for 205 yards with two sacks and an interception. Just a very, very bad performance by the Green Bay Packers. You know, I'm not going to lie. I was rooting for the Packers. I'm not, I actually like Aaron Rodgers. I like to see a big name like Aaron Rodgers and a big name like the Green Bay Packers in the playoffs because sometimes, even if you make it in the last game, in the last second, sometimes if you're in the dance, you can make magic happen. And I've always wanted to see Rodgers you know, try to get another ring. He has not had great success doing that the past few seasons, losing to Brady in the NFC Championship, losing in the first round last year to the, to the 49ers, or I guess the second round to the 49ers. And then not even getting in this year. So Aaron Rodgers' future is in question. I would love to see him on the Jets. I know some fans are totally against that. I don't truly understand it. hes I don't think he's going to come to the Jets. You'd have to give away a ton of first-round picks. You'd also have to pay him a ton. But anyway, Green Bay Packers lose at home. Very disappointing for them. But as a Lions fan, as a Lions fan I would be stoked because nobody thought you were going to be a 9-8. and eight. After the season, they got a bright future over there. The Cowboys get embarrassed by the Washington Commanders, 26 to 6. Dak Prescott has thrown an interception in, I believe, like seven straight games. He has three pick sixes in like the last two months. Dak Prescott and that Dallas Cowboys team has a lot to work on before their Monday night matchup at Tampa. Dak Prescott and that Dallas Cowboys team have always had bad things said about them because they don't perform well in the playoffs and they don't perform well against bad teams. I'll say this, though. That game was as bad as it gets in all phases. And if they can't fix it in a few days, they will lose to the Bucs. This Cowboys team is never a team I was super high on. I'm a big fan of their defense. I'm a big fan of Michael Parsons, obviously, because I go to Penn State. But Dak Prescott worries me, and that team as a whole under Mike McCarthy worries me. Absolutely ugly and horrible, unacceptable performance against the Commanders. I would be very nervous and concerned if I was a Cowboys fan. The 49ers finished their regular season 13-4 and as they beat down the Arizona Cardinals. I have not said this yet, and I probably should have started off the show by saying this. But congrats to J.J. Watt on an unbelievable NFL career. Great human being. Did great for the city of Houston. Did great for every community that he's ever been a part of. And was a great 
leader and player. Congrats to JJ Watt. I'm a big fan of you. I love, I like TJ. I like Derek. Once again, JJ, congrats and enjoy retirement and enjoy whatever you get into, whether that's media or business, whatever it is. JJ Watt, you're an absolute beast. Great, great, great career. First ballot Hall of Famer without a doubt. The Denver Broncos beat the Chargers 31-28. to I said before, I didn't think the Chargers should have played any of their starters. They did. They lost. They didn't play them the whole game. Justin Herbert um, came out of the game at the end. But the Chargers are now set to face the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Seahawks get a come-from-behind overtime victory as they beat the Rams 19-16. to and if they didn't win this game, they wouldn't be in the playoffs. So congrats to Geno Smith. Congrats to Pete Carroll. Congrats to that whole Seahawks team. Because I'll be the first one to say it. I thought the Seahawks were going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL this year. So, once again, shows you how much coaching matters. Pete Carroll, one of the best in the business. The Steelers beat the Browns 28-14. to Steelers fans, I am sorry. If my Jets won, you would be in the playoffs but once again quick synopsis on the Steelers coaching matters Mike Tomlin once again somehow some way finishes with a winning record as the Steelers finish nine and eight Kenny Pickett got better as the season went on and the Steelers every single year show up in the months of November December and January they finish their season on a four-game win streak four and one in their last five unfortunately they didn't get any help from my Jets. But also, if you're relying on the Jets to do anything, you're in a really bad position. You could have won a few more games early in the season, but the Steelers, their fans, everybody should be happy of how their season ended. Nine and eight when you only had about three wins early on. Yeah, that's pretty good. The Falcons beat the Bucks 30 to 17. That game does not matter. The Bills beat the Patriots 35 to 23. Special moment, special moment early in that game. 96-yard touchdown kick return special. The Bills, I think, are a team of destiny. I think the Bills are going to go to the Super Bowl. And, yeah, that's a scary team. 35-23. to 23. Unfortunately, that Patriots loss does not matter either because they are going to make the playoffs. Actually, no, no. They are not going to make the playoffs. Never mind. I don't know why I thought it. I don't know why I said that. Thankfully, they're not going to make the playoffs. The the Panthers beat the Saints 10 to 7 doesn't mean anything. The Bengals beat the Ravens 27 to 16. They're going to face each other this weekend. The Vikings beat the Bears 29-13 doesn't mean anything, but at least the Vikings actually showed that they could win a game that's not decided by 3 points or less. And then this game was hilarious. The Texans beat the Colts 32 to 21. The Texans were locked into the number one pick. Their fans probably thought they had the number one pick. They go on a game-winning drive by converting a fourth and 20 and then getting a two-point conversion just to lose the number one overall pick. If I'm a Texans fan, I am furious. Now listen, you don't know who your guy is. You don't know who Nick Casario's guy is, whether his guy is Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. One of those guys you could still get on the number two overall pick. 
but now you have to hope and pray that he's going to fall to you. The Chicago Bears now have the number one overall pick. If I'm the Bears, I trade that pick for everything. You can get so much. You don't need a quarterback. Just trade it. Don't draft like Jalen Carter. I like Jalen Carter. He's an absolute stud, but it's way better off if you trade that pick. If you're the Texans, you better hope you get your guy. But I don't think you can go wrong with whatever one falls to you, Bryce Young or CJ Stroud, unless you want to get like Will Levis or someone else that has not been talked about. And then on Saturday, the Chiefs beat the Raiders 31-13. to Chiefs lock up the number one seed in the AFC. And Patty Mahomes broke Drew Brees' record for most yards by a quarterback in a single season. And the Jacksonville Jaguars win the AFC South and make the playoffs 20-16. to Here's the playoff matchups. Chiefs get the number one seed. They're on a bye. Bills hosting the Dolphins. Bengals hosting the Ravens. Jaguars hosting the Chargers. In the NFC, the Eagles get a bye. 49ers hosting the Seahawks. Vikings hosting the Giants. Bucks hosting the Cowboys. I will do a show on Friday or Thursday or Saturday, whenever I can, to go over my plays and go over my thoughts on those matchups. But I am extremely excited for the playoffs. You know, it sucks that the Jets season is over. It sucks that the NFL regular season and college football is over. But the fun is still here, which is the NFL playoffs. All right, we're going to finish off the show with some Carlos Correa and some hockey news. Carlos Correa, not much happened, but there was a report yesterday saying that he is accelerating talks with the Minnesota Twins. Quick little note there. I think the longer this goes on, the less likely he is going to go and play with the Mets. I think the Twins, I said this before, if you're a Mets fan, you should be nervous about the Twins. I think, I'm changing my mindset. I think he's going to go to the Twins because it seems like the Mets don't want to get this deal. There's something, there's an issue, they're worried, whatever it is. And the Twins, they're probably worried too, but they're more likely to get this deal done. I think the longer this goes on, the more likely Carlos Correa will end up being a Minnesota Twin next season. Or maybe he won't even be on a team next season. I have no idea. And then quick little hockey news. The Islanders are not playing good. The Devils beat the Rangers in a come-from-behind overtime victory. Rangers are set to face, let's see, the Devils are set to face the Hurricanes tonight. The Rangers are hosting the Minnesota Wild, and the Islanders are hosting the Dallas Stars. Three very big games against very good opponents. And that'll end this show. I hope you all enjoyed it. I know it was a long one, but the Giant Jets season is over. Painful one. The Giants season is still alive. They're set to face the Vikings. Giants fans are happy. Jets fans are not happy. I feel like that's what history tells. Georgia beats down on TCU. Carlos Correa looks like he's going to the Twins. Devils, Islanders, Rangers all playing big, meaningful games tonight. I will see you guys later in the week to talk more about the NFL. Thank you all for watching. And if you're not yet following me on Twitter and on TikTok, Twitter at Ben Wasserman for TikTok at Ben the Sports Guy. I appreciate you all and have a great Tuesday, January. I was going to say Tuesday afternoon. Have a great Tuesday. Have a great week. I'll see you before the NFL football wildcard weekend kicks off. Bye.